0: Brought to you by Shut Up and Listen, this is the Proper Full On Gay Podcast. That's right, we've changed our name. Email us your thoughts to Gay podcast at gmail.com. On today's episode, Tao's Top Heartstopper Moments with Jamie and special guest Maria from Car Friends. You can follow the show on social media at Proper Full On Gay Podcast and learn more about the show and our partners at properfullongaypodcast.com. Podcast.com. Welcome back, Maria. It's so good to have you back with us. I'm so
1: glad to be here.
0: Why don't you introduce yourself again for all the folks who haven't listened to your previous episode?
1: Yes, absolutely. So my name is Maria Giani wilkinson and I work with CAREFRIEND with the Youth Services. Um, I'm the Regional Southeast Development Officer, and I've been there just over a year now. Um, and I kind of work with just different groups, different LGBT provision across the Southeast and help them kind of get trained up and know a bit more about how to work specifically with LGBT plus young people. Um, and it's been a really great experience this last year. I can't believe I've been there a year now. feels like I've been there forever, but also that I started yesterday. <laughs> you know,
0: I know it's nice whenever you find a job like that, that you kind of ease into and then yeah. you're just like, it's so comfortable, you know, it's great. Um, tell yeah, us a bit about great. um Cara Friend and the scope of the organization and, and what the organization exists for.
1: Absolutely. So Carafriend, Friend, I don't know for people who are listening, Cara is a friend in Irish. So our name is actually just friend friend, which I love. Um, but Cara Friend is an LGBT service and we provide multiple different services. So we have our national helpline, which has been going for 40 odd years now. I think our 45th anniversary is not next year, but the year after, I believe. Um, and so it's been going on for years, our 50th anniversary. I really hope that uh, <laughs> Steve came to this. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's coming up. And we also have a community manager, community development community develop manager who does a lot of work with like other organizations. Mm-hmm. He is connected to um very very strongly to belfast pride to work alongside them we have different events that we do during the year we get connected with um other places during lgbt awareness week we're really involved in the holocaust um the holocaust awareness day and trans remembrance day and things like that Um, i specifically work with oh and we also have our inclusive schools charter and our inclusive business charter which joe mcparlin runs and she does a wonderful job so much. She does an incredible job. Um, I work obviously with the youth services and that's specifically for youth groups. So we have a service that works with schools and a service that works with youth groups, which we, we find it's quite different the way it works. Yeah. Um, and I think that way we can really center and hone in on what is actually needed, um, which is extremely important to us that we're focusing on the needs of the young people where they're at for sure
0: it seems like the organization is such a wide scoop because you don't just work with young people you work with all different parts of the community
1: exactly and even like a lot of times i'll get referrals in and it's not necessarily just the young person who needs help it's the parent and like we have like a parent network group that joe runs and so they meet on a regular basis on zoom it's like every couple of months just to connect with other parents and then obviously our inclusive business charter which is really cool new thing that we just started where we're actually going and running training with organizations that don't necessarily work with young people. Um, so it just seems to be blowing up left and right, you know, the kind of need for services catered to understanding and, and really just existing within the LGBT community, which is really, really cool to see and to be a part of.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. It's interesting that um, parent services, services for parents of queer young people are becoming more and more popular and more and more needed, I mm-hmm. guess, or there's much more awareness I suppose they've always been needed, but I guess it's nice that those services exist now and that the parents know that they're there more.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: This is Proper Full-On Gay Crisis, the podcast that takes inspiration from Heartstopper and uses it to, I guess, spark conversations about the lives of queer youth today and to understand queer culture and to talk about queer culture. Um, Today we're going to talk about our favourite Tao moments. Tao is one of my favourite characters in the show. I think he's so good, such a great ally. We'll be talking about Tao and using it as inspiration to talk about the lives of our straight friends and how our straight friends go on this journey with us whenever we come out as young people are queer people at any time of our lives our friends very much go on this journey with us and sometimes it's easy to forget that the people that are closest to us um also have experiences of their own that are related to our experiences that is so worthy that is so worthy swear to god
1: but i think it's so good i think we forget because a lot of times my friends aren't as an older person who's part of the queer community most of my friends are straight but for a lot of young people, a lot of their friends are queer, but the friends that they have that are straight, it's really interesting because I think we kind of forget about them and forget about like what it's like experiencing the queer world from a different side and like kind of like the gatekeeping that they can have and and just kind of feeling like they're on the outside. And it can be really interesting. And it seems like kind of like counterintuitive to how you would approach it. But I do think it's an important thing to to discuss.
0: definitely and uh, he gives us so much material Tao gives us so much material in his story arc like it's really well portrayed I think if you like the podcast why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button should we get stuck in with our first Tao moment so we've picked five or six um favorite Tao moments that pop up throughout the series Uh, the first one is right at the very start well it's kind of halfway through episode one Outside, we meet Tao and Isaac for the first time. They're having lunch with Charlie. Tao approaches the table and he's bought Elle's apple apple juice for the third time that week. Elle's a really close friend of the group. And she's introduced here as a trans character when Tao accepts that it's better that she transferred from the all-boys school to the all-girls school, which is close by. And Tao's one of her closest friends and he's having a difficult time adjusting to her absence. And he keeps buying (laughs) her apple juice. It's like the sweetest thing
1: i think it's so interesting focusing on like the like i don't think it's the same choice that all trans young people make i know a lot of young people who are identifying as trans and they stay at the school that's like the all boys or all girls school so it's i think it's interesting to point that out because i do think that that isn't always necessarily this is the choice they make and everybody makes that choice i think it's really
0: interesting what is it that influences those choices?
1: I don't know. Cause I know for a couple of like, young people I I know of who I have um, a connection with a young person who's a trans young boy and he still goes to an all girl school. Um, and I think for him, it's just like his friends are there and he feels safe and he feels comfortable. And I do wonder if it has something to do with just feeling safer um, as a trans male um, at an all girl school. And if it's easier for trans females to go to an all-girls school because it might not feel as safe at an all-boys school or or something like that I'm not really entirely sure but I'd be interested to like talk more about that with other young people
0: definitely it does seem like from an outsider kind of looking in it does it feels like that would be like I think I would feel safer if I was in that position for sure like to to transition and move to like an all-boys school it's full of masculinity and everything else yeah exactly. it would be a bit intimidating but yeah you're right it's interesting because trans people have all kinds of different experiences here Elle transfers to the all-girls school and we heard whenever I met with Amelia who also works at Carfriend a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about a young person that she works with who left school for a couple of years before then returning to school so yeah it is it's interesting how their experiences are also different
1: uh, it's not like the same for each one, which I think is really, really well expressed in this show because it's not like it's one of the first times where you see the nuance of like the sexual orientation and the gender identity of young people. Just because you're a lesbian doesn't mean that your friend who's a lesbian is going to live the same life or have the same understanding of the things around them. Do you know? Um, and I think you even see it with Tao. Like Tao is obviously like a straight, well, I ident- identify as a straight. But his views are not the same as people at his school that are straight. They're very, very different because of his experience and because of his friendships. And it makes you realize, like, the nuances are so important. Definitely. Which I think is why, why young people really are, are fond of this show in the first place. So.
0: Definitely. And here we see he is having a hard time adjusting to this change. Mm. It must be really difficult for our straight friends or very it must feel very different for our straight friends when we come out, especially if they're surprised to hear mm. that that one of their closest friends is part of the LGBT community. It must be so different.
1: Yep. I, I think it I think it probably would be. I, I think I don't really remember when I was younger. I don't know if you ever did have anybody come out to you when you were younger. I, I, it's no. a lot more common now for people to be more open of course. I mean even when I was in college it wasn't really like well accepted. Um, so I don't really have a lot of experience of people coming out to me. I have experience of coming out but not the other yeah. way around.
0: It is. It's interesting. Like I was outed. And then I think because my experience was so horrific, I don't think other queer kids at my school would have come out in a million years because Mm -hmm. of of what happened to me. I lost a few friends because of that. And I guess it was just, it's just part of it, isn't it? You know, is there anything Um, like, what kind of things do you think that queer people can do to make that experience easier for our friends?
1: I think it's a really interesting conversation. I I feel like I have a lot more like experience hearing kids talk about how they experience it with their parents and I think you can kind of play it in especially when I talk to other leaders of groups because a lot of times when we identify um as something that is different than what like the rest of the people in the world identify as we have this kind of wall that we build up of protection and if people don't immediately understand or immediately jump on our side we can get very angry Mm. and I think a lot of young people experience that with their parents where they come out to their parents as non-binary or as trans And their parents are afraid or worried or don't necessarily always use their their pronouns correctly the first time and a lot of times the young people can respond with a lot of anger i find when, when it comes to that which is a very understandable feeling but i think it's recognizing that you need to have empathy for the person who's seeing you in a different way than they've always seen you it's not necessarily saying i don't accept you it's saying this is different i need you to be patient with me as i get used to it not because i'm judging you but because I've known you for so long as somebody else and that is so difficult for young people especially when they experience such negativity outside of their friend groups
0: that's so true because in a way as queer people who maybe gain an understanding of our sexual orientation over a number of years or over a, a period of time before we Builds up to this moment where we decide actually now it's the right time for me to come out, and we've had time to prepare for that conversation and we've been building up to it. But for our friends and family, it's like the first time that they've heard it, so it's kind of understandable yeah. that they're a bit, they might be a bit surprised, you know.
1: I came out as bisexual last year or earlier this year, and I remember getting some messages or hearing about some messages my husband got that really hurt me. Do you know, like they weren't like they weren't mean. They were concerned. And there was a bit of that like phobicness that like tinged it. But also the way that that I responded to it was trying to respond to it out of like a bit of like that more patience. And I think that's very difficult to expect young people to do because I think that comes with resilience and and experience and growing up and like dealing with those things in a way that you know you're handling your emotions. But it made things a lot easier handling it that way for my end because then those relationships stayed solid. Yeah. And they stayed there and able to help them see things from a different perspective. I think we talked about last time I was on the podcast. It's like things aren't going to change by being combative. They're going to change by being willing to like reach to the other side. You know?
0: That's so true. Yeah, that's so true. But you're right. As a teenager with all the hormones and everything else that's going on, it can be really difficult to take a step back and look at the situation almost from outside. And I think that's something that we see in Tao as the show progresses. Like in the first couple of episodes, we don't really get much of Tao but later in the season you get to see where he's reflecting on his behavior and and everything else that's actually really interesting and also must be quite challenging as the conversation here progresses um Charlie's attention's caught by Nick Nelson who's playing rugby in the distance so Nick is the guy he sits next to in class if you by remember back to <laughs> season one when they're still friends Tao jokes about him looking like a golden retriever, and is surprised to hear that Nick and Charlie are actually talking to each other and that they're becoming friends. He warns Charlie to be careful; he's a star rugby player, and they're just a trio of borderline outcasts. He's worried oh. that some of the rugby, um, some of the rugby boys are like the people that used to bully Charlie, and he gives him a bit of a warning. Tao's Tao's friendship group he feels really under threatened here he feels really threatened here by what's happening
1: uh he seems to be very I feel like it's like this really interesting way of like showing protection that isn't necessarily coming across like that to his friends I don't know like you can tell like like he's losing people from like what he used to have them as and he doesn't want to lose them anymore and it's not just that but it's like it's protecting that and then this feeling of needing to protect them. And I wonder if that comes from him being their straight friend as well. Like, is this feeling, this sense of needing to like stand over and block the world around them? Do you know? I, I do kind of see that a wee bit as well.
0: Yeah, as like the protector of them and things like that. In this moment, it's kind of, there's there's a double, there's almost like a double motive here. Like, on one hand, he mm-hmm. is a bit worried about Charlie and about what might happen, but he's also worried for himself too. Like what happens if Nick and Charlie really hit it off and become great friends? And then it's just Tao and Isaac, you know, it's, it's understandable that that happens as one of his best friends has just moved school and yeah, he feels a bit threatened, I guess. And this is a really significant part of Tao's story arc and it really does shape how the rest of the season plays out for him.
1: I would definitely agree. I think, I think it is definitely that double bit of it. I don't think many people do things for one reason and I think a lot of times we do things there's always some kind of underlying self-serving reason you know <laughs> yeah. I really do I don't think I, I don't think even like doing you know I don't think that means it's necessarily a negative thing because I do think you need to serve yourself but I think if you're not realizing it
0: yeah and you're doing it
1: in an way that can that can take a turn for the worse but yeah I definitely think there's there's two sides of it there definitely um so
0: the next moment that I picked out for Tao's best bits is whenever he rallies Charlie's friends. It happens just after they watch some rugby training. So in episode two, we get a really great rugby montage where Trum mm-hmm. is playing another another secondary school. They're playing a rugby match. And Charlie's the reserve and he's watching from the sidelines with Tao. And they're talking about the game before they start to talk about Nick and Charlie's friendship with Nick. Charlie's starting to think that Nick might like him back. So by this stage, they've already had their snow date, I think. like They've had their, their play date in the snow and they've been hanging out nonstop and they've shared a few flirty moments. Tao looks really pained and tells Charlie that he's been doing a bit of digging on the side and has been told that Nick is actually really interested in this girl called Tara Jones, which is one of Elle's new, Elle's new friends at, at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I really admire about Tao in a way is that he isn't scared to have these really head on conversations. Like that can be a tough he's conversation very... to have with I... a friend.
1: I uh, he's very like I feel like he's got a lot of um not it's not I, I don't know if I would say unfilteredness but I feel like a lot of like connection there it's like just telling it like it is just kind of like being like this is something not a lot of people would say but I'm gonna say it I I, I really have a lot of kind of uh and I feel that for myself <laughs> definitely
0: he just is this way where he can be really direct about something but yeah. still be like quite caring and quite compassionate like he isn't yeah, harsh I or agree. anything he's just very direct and he just says it yeah on the rugby pitch Nick scores the winning try as the game ends and the team crowd run him to celebrate but he's really more interested in Charlie like you see him break away from the rugby team and he's kind of looking for Charlie at the sidelines and he calls Charlie's name whenever he sees that he's distracted and Charlie's disappointed expression breaks for a second and he waves it And then as the scene ends, Tao texts all their friends to tell him that there's an emergency Charlie situation. And yeah, I really love that moment where Tao is he's recognized that Charlie's a bit upset and that he's going to get all of his Mm -hmm. friends around to kind of protect him and rally around him and, and support him a little bit. such a teenage thing to do.
1: I I just would love to know, like whenever I think about like the young people I work with and like kind of like people I know at home as well. It's like who's the Tao in their friend group because I feel like everybody has that it. it's I don't know I don't is he a, is he like the mom of the group I don't know if that's necessarily true <laughs> but do you know what I mean it's like there's like always I there's always it's like the mayonnaise or the there's somebody in your group who kind of does that who kind of like is that is that kind of role in a friend group which I think is really relatable for the show and for the for the story as well definitely do people ever bring their straight friends
0: to your youth groups or is it like kind of a it's like how does it work? Is it are are they allowed to bring their straight friends? I mean, they're or? they're
1: more than for some of the groups. Yes, we like it's like for allies as well. We don't really have a lot of them. I think more that you really talk to young people today, the more you realize that there's so many of them who even if they are straight, they don't necessarily feel like that. That's maybe exactly they're still questioning their identity and kind of like exploring it. And I think for a lot of the groups. If they are bringing their straight friend, it's because their straight friend is also interested, or if it's it's because they want to be they want to go to a group and they're scared and they want to bring their friend. But I don't really I don't have a lot of experience seeing a lot of like straight people at the groups. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's just there's so many young people who are questioning their identity and not sure about whether or not their identity is what they thought it was that it's yeah, not as okay. common to see them come without some kind of question in their mind you know yeah so. that's really
0: interesting that it's it's a place away from the rest of their lives rather than something that that they try to kind of integrate at the start I guess that comes with okay. I guess that comes with time doesn't it as you become more comfortable uh, I, I think so I definitely
1: think so identity
0: and stuff um They meet later that night in Tao's bedroom. Tao and Isaac sit on the floor with Charlie while he scrolls through Tara's Instagram page. Again, it's such like, he hasn't done that. He hasn't done that. Um, Tao reminds Charlie that people are straight sometimes and Isaac interjects to say that (laughs) it doesn't mean that she likes Nick back and that he just wants to believe in romance.
1: Oh, Isaac. It's such a nice little Isaac moment. (laughs) I know, I love Isaac. He does seem... Um, I love that... Go ahead the comment uh people are straight sometimes that's that's so funny to me i love oh, that I, I think it's so interesting seeing the story from the perspective of the straight person being the odd one out isn't it that's so true like, it's so and it's like it's like the common theme is being queer and it's like oh you're straight weird <laughs> like that it's, it's just so funny i i love that
0: yeah anyways at this stage, it seems really intent that Tal wants to put a pin in this whole Nick and Charlie business and and totally like put a gebosh on it. It makes me kind of question his motives a little bit again. Like mm-hmm. he's rallying the, the troops around, ch- around Charlie and, and being supportive, but at the same time, he's trying to um almost coerce the others into coming along with his narrative that Nick's straight and that Charlie aye. needs to get over it and move on, you know. Is that really is that the real reason that he got them all together? Because he wants to persuade Charlie that he has to put an end to this. It's
1: like this weird sense of like, um, like whenever you feel like you have to like protect it and then like, you kind of mess, like it kind of you mix in your head between what's the right thing to do and what keeps you in control. And because you are in control and you're losing control, you start making choices sometimes that feels like the right thing, but really it's just about keeping control. I don't know if you've ever, if that, but that's that, kind of a way, I, a way I would be looking at it here, but yeah, definitely. There.
0: Definitely. that almost like Tao needs the others to kind of I don't know restrain Charlie in a way does that make sense uh,
1: yeah it does it's like oh, I don't know how I'm trying to like think of how to put it into words really and I'm really struggling here but it's like um
0: it's almost like he's fighting the change like he sees this change yeah. where Charlie has started to befriend Nick and he he needs to put a stop to that change taking taking shape almost uh... I don't know if that makes any sense at all
1: no, because I definitely agree with you, but it's just, it's an interesting, because I do think it's like using his kind of position in the group in a way that he doesn't, I don't know if he realizes that's what he's doing, if that makes sense. I think there's this weird kind of bit where it's like, he probably in his head has like part of him and thinks I'm doing this to protect Charlie and my friends. Yeah. Like there's some part back here that in, his, in the back of his head, that's like, yes, but I'm also doing this because I don't want to lose these people. So here's the main part of it. That's I'm protecting my friend, but then back here is this part that's actually saying. I'm protecting myself. And I don't know if he even realizes he's doing that. Do you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's a huge part of it, isn't it? That he needs to. Yeah. Yeah. He's protecting himself from potentially losing Charlie from their friendship group. Yeah. Which is what he sees as a bit of a threat. When Elle arrives, they ask her if she knows Tara. And if she can ask whether or not Tara likes Nick Nilsson. Elle replies that Nick is the straightest person ever and she's too busy being the cool new girl who everyone wants to talk to. She doesn't know Tara that well anyway and she thinks that it might be a bit uncomfortable to, to ask. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that Elle, even though they've got such a strong community here, that L feels like she can't be fully honest about her experiences so far at, at Truim. She's still at this stage, she's still kind of struggling a little bit to fit in.
1: Yeah, I don't know know why. I think a lot of times, especially with queer young people, there is that like bit of like a, a sense of not fully understanding how to be in like the world when it comes to social interactions. Like there's like that kind of a conversation of like the neurodivergence overlap and all that kind of stuff. And like when it comes to your friend groups in those times, it's really hard to be vulnerable and open because... The more vulnerable you are, the more places you put yourself in a place to be harmed, even if you know those people aren't going to harm you. Like your brain and your heart won't let you. Oh, you know?
0: that's that so sad in a
1: way. I know, I know, but, but I definitely, so,
0: I definitely feel that. I definitely can see why people would feel that way. That because, yeah. Oh no, I, I feel, know. Oh, I just want to give Elle a hug. I know. <laughs> I know. When Charlie tells him that it's fine that he's just being an idiot she agrees reluctantly to try to find out whether or not Tara's interested and they all get together for a group hug at the end. From Tao's point of view his best friend Elle has recently transitioned and he changed schools and now Charlie could pair off with Nick leaving just him and Isaac. I do really kind of feel his pain. I, I almost see where he's coming
1: from a little bit. I, I know what you mean. I think and it's just that consistent kind of like theme throughout of like trying to hold on to what you used to have. And it's really interesting because like as like the sh- the story goes on in the, in the episodes, I feel like Tao changes as well. And like his experience and his feelings about a lot of things change. So it's like this really interesting story overall of like what used to be what is and then coming to what could be which is like a very obviously a very general narrative sense of, of yeah. stories but it's a really really good way as it's, it's, I think it's presented in a really good way and like kind of the inner emotions of Tao and and his experiences.
0: Oh Maria you've done some research for this. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's it's one of the things I love most about Tao's story arc is how you can almost see him grow you see all of the characters grow and change throughout Heartstopper, Tao is a really interesting one because it's that straight perspective on a group of queer friends. You know, it just mm-hmm. it adds that kind of layer of uh, complexity. Is the word that's coming to mind? But that is yeah. Right it just it, I know what it's you mean, though. Really interesting, but yeah, I love that moment where Tao rallies the troops because he's just being such a great friend for Charlie. I think that he gets a lot of unfair criticism as the show progresses because of how his behavior kind of brings about certain events hmm and sometimes he comes across as not being the supportive friend that he is but I think genuinely mm-hmm. he's he is he's a great ally and he's such a lovely friend yeah I don't know if you agree do you agree
1: um I do agree I do agree I think it kind of comes back to it was interesting when you look at some of the other things where he realizes that some of the ways he's been acting has caused some of the issues and it's just going back to that kind of con- conversation of a lot of times the automatic response for young people is to push back against like things and if you look at his protective nature and his fear of losing people I think it explains a lot of why he responds to people and can be very I wouldn't necessarily use the word abrasive but just very like it's like that unfiltered bluntness you know that's coming out in those kinds of ways so I I definitely agree yeah 100%
0: I think we see a bit of that in the next highlight that we've picked out Mm -hmm. so in episode five is the the moment actually that 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 we decided on but Really, throughout Heartstopper, you see him stand up to homophobia all the time, and really stand out whenever Harry behaves in homophobic ways. He's very quick to to defend his queer friends, and call out that homophobia and hit back with really quick witted insults. You know, whenever he he responds to
1: Harry, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite towel comeback? Favorites how come back? You've got to stop asking me if I have a favorite anything, Jamie. I am not able to answer those questions well. I think I really am very interested in the way that he is very forceful, especially in this conversation and in this moment, because whenever you're the odd one out, you do a lot to try and fit in. And is his super intensive need to show that he is an ally turned into a need to tell everyone else who's not being like in any way or has been in any way kind of phobic to tell them off to prove to his friends what a good friend and what a good ally he is I do wonder that is so
0: interesting that is so interesting that part of it is that he has to prove himself as worthy of their friendship I do think there
1: is some of that
0: of that community it's that's so interesting and it would go a long way to explain why he's so quick to stand up against it and sometimes unnecessarily so
1: Uh, Yeah, I do think that that's because I do. It's so interesting because I think it's going back as well earlier, we were talking about like young people who like kind of push back against anybody who makes a mistake. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily help to do that. And it's really hard. And it takes a lot of emotional maturity and like recognizing that just because someone feels or acts or believes something doesn't mean that it should like push you off of your own two feet.
0: Yeah. and it's learning
1: how to step forward in a way that's going to be helpful and that's so hard and I don't think that in like part especially in these early parts I don't think he's necessarily in that kind of Headspace. healthy place of, of responding yeah. to it in a healthy way do you know so that's it
0: and I think part of that is because he's actually involved in it himself he's a victim of Harry's yeah. too and so yeah. it's, you get that you get kind of both of those things where he's defending himself but he's also trying to defend his friends yeah In this moment in particular, in episode five, it's interesting because it's the first time that Harry becomes physical with Charlie and Tao. As they leave school, Harry throws something at them and he almost hits them and it sparks an argument between him and Tao and Tao shoves him as they walk past and calls him a dick nozzle. Mm -hmm. Harry's really surprised when Nick tells him not to start something and makes a homophobic slur asking if he's gay for them. Um, Tao calls out Harry's homophobia, and um nick watches on and looks a bit awkward one of the things that i really love about this moment is that on one hand it really puts across why Tao feels uneasy about nick because mm-hmm. nick is supposed to be charlie's friend and, and he just sits there for him. Yeah, yeah he just sits there while harry throws something at him and doesn't say anything you know he just kind of sits there and lets these comments come out and then 2 seconds later when Nick does stand up and say don't start something harry shows us or mm-hmm. nick yeah harry shows us exactly what's going to happen that um, when nick jumps up to defend them he gets called out as being gay for them you know so mm-hmm. you can totally get Nick's point of view where he's still in the closet trying to understand how he feels and what's happening and he's so worried that that, that he'll become yeah the focus of harry's attention
1: it's so It's such a good way of showing. I just I can't I can't keep like I can't talk enough about how good the nuances of this show are, because I think we're consistently told there is a very specific way to deal with standing up against homophobia or to deal with, you know, how we respond to and interact with people. And the show shows you why we act the way we do. And shows you the understanding of why when someone like Nick doesn't stand up for them or doesn't do what he wants, you understand why, and it helps you to understand why people respond to things in a different way than we're like knocked at our knocked into our heads. Do it this way. Do it this way. But it's not that simple. It's not that simple to just say so this is true. how you do it. You know? Yeah. It's funny because Nick did stand
0: up against Harry's homophobia at the start. Mm-hmm. Like we saw that happen in episode three at Harry's party. He calls out like, Harry's homophobia. Right. But then as soon as him and Charlie start to kind of get together and they have this little secret relationship, he kind of pulls back and he goes, he kind of retreats from it a little, a a little bit. And it's definitely to do with him trying to be very cautious with his behavior, just so that I guess there's always that fear that you're almost, I almost don't want to say it, that he's going to be found out or that people might guess that something's happening.
1: Uh, but of course he's afraid I think that's a totally understandable because I think it its that's one of those things where it's like I feel like there's this kind of like pushback against like being in the closet or like I don't want to be with somebody who's in the closet or um you shouldn't be afraid to be gay but of course of course he is because he spent his whole life being straight and being around people who've made comments that like haven't been about him that he thought so of course he I think that's totally understandable and yeah. like, I know for myself, I still deal with a whole bunch of internalized biphobia, a whole bunch of internalized homophobia. And it's so difficult. And like, sure, I might be straight passing because I'm in a straight, quote unquote, straight relationship. But it's really, it's really hard to deal with your own personal biases that you've lived, you know, however many years with. And this boy is how like he's a teenager, he's lived in the same mindset for this long. Of course, I think we need to be so much more understanding about that. But it's, it's hard because people see things from their own perspective. They don't always see things from other people's perspectives. Do you know?
0: That's so. exactly it. And we're so quick. We're so quick to kind of jump up and say what we think about things when actually a bit of empathy and a bit of understanding the other person's situation and their point of view can go a long way to helping us understand why things come about the way that they do. Um, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, I really love that moment. As Charlie, as they walk away, Charlie tells Tao that he's making things worse by reacting aggressively and they get into an argument with each other. So again, this is where we see that tension start to be created between Charlie and Tao because of um, what's happening. Um, Tao wants to show Harry that he can't walk all over them, but to Charlie it's more complicated than that and he doesn't want Nick to get dragged into it. And without the context then of Nick and Charlie's relationship, Tao gets angry and he remarks that they can't possibly hurt Charlie's new best friend. He doesn't understand why Charlie is so intent on protecting yeah. It can be so hard, can't it? Being that person that's that's out whenever your partner's still in the closet and having to tread that line between trying to make yourself be understood, but at the same time protect uh, them.
1: Do you remember? I think I talked about this the last episode I was in. So I feel like I'm just like beating a beating a horse here. But it was the, the TV show Shits Creek, which I think we talked about in the episode oh, yes. where Patrick hasn't come out to his parents and just Oh, that's right. It was like David realized that his parents didn't know and accidentally added his boyfriend. But then when he went to his boyfriend to talk to him about it, you could see how hard it was, but every single word he said was a complete focus on Patrick's needs and completely yeah. saying, like, that coming out is completely his choice and he's not going to judge him for it because he's secure enough in his relationship and in his love for his partner that he knows that those choices need to be made very carefully. And he's been gay, so like, he's been out as gay his whole life. Like, he can't tell somebody else who's new to this how to respond. And I think it's such a good story and it's such a good scene because you don't see that very often you don't hear about that very often do you know yeah definitely yeah I think for for Charlie and for his relationship and his friendship with Tao it's like he probably is hurting by not getting to share this stuff with his best friend he probably is feeling like really really hurt by not being able to share this stuff with his best friend he maybe even wants to talk to his best friend about that but he's trying to put needs of his like his like relationship or his connection with or with Nick first and that's so difficult but I think that's really lovely to see like that he is especially considering what he's gone through that he is secure enough and like and like enough of a kind of like space with Nick where he can see it from that perspective and be comfortable supporting him in that way. But I also think that people could see that as a bad thing, you know, and saying, well, he's not standing up for his relationship, or he's not telling his friend or whatever, he's being a pushover. I don't think he is at all.
0: No, definitely not. It can be really hard for young people to figure out the best way to react whenever you're faced with these Mm -hmm. kind of situations. Like, I really feel for Tao too, because... He's stuck in this position where his friend is being attacked and he feels like he's being attacked. And it's a very natural thing to jump on the defensive and to try to fight fire with fire, either with words or in other ways. But it's not always the right thing to do. Right. And we see with Tao and Harry how that manifests itself later in the series, that the friction just grows and grows between them until it reaches that point where it's really inevitable that there's going to be some kind of clash. What are some of the other ways that young people can tackle things like homophobia in the moment?
1: it's hard I think it's hard I think that's such a hard question because it feels like there are two answers and it's to either ignore it or stand up against it but it's it's isn't it it's like not letting your emotions affect your expression like the way we live or there's multiple different parts of who we are like the way we what we think and how we feel and what we say those are all three different things so it's the process between the experiencing and thinking about it and feeling about it and then Putting something back out there yeah it's learning how to do that in a way that's helpful and oh. that is a whole other I think we need of, to you know go, what I mean
0: <laughs> yeah I think we need to talk about those three steps like I'm really I, interested you've just like I, to tell me about those three steps again so there's
1: I well it's like it's like you know like you experience something right you something happens to you or you have somebody say something to you and you immediately have like a feeling about it or like a yeah. feeling about it or a thought about it, and you and you have these like thoughts that you uh, you think from it and it's going from having those thoughts to like recognizing what you're feeling about it, to then realizing how do you make those feelings come out in a way that actually is going to be helpful. And I think what we feel about it isn't necessarily need to come out immediately because how we express it is going to come out and not in a healthy do you know what I, it's so hard yes. that's so hard because you're basically saying young people in order to answer and talk to people who are homophobic <laughs> you have to fully have like a therapeutic conversation and then learn how to express your emotions in a very happy and healthy way and it's like okay oh, sure sorry. sure maria you know oh, God, but i, I do think that's so important because your thoughts and feelings and your experiences are not like they're not your thoughts are real but your thoughts aren't necessarily true your feelings are real and your feelings are valid but your feelings shouldn't necessarily dictate how you deal with the situation, you know? Yeah. And that's so difficult. That's so so difficult.
0: I love the idea of breaking it down into a process. Like I'm very process oriented. It's one of yeah. the things that I do at work is is create processes and I've never thought of how Like, I guess it's never crossed my mind that that can be broken down into a process. So we have an experience and then we then we react to it through our emotions and then we think about how we want to react to it. And then we turn that into expression. It's just it's so interesting to break it down in that way, to think about it in those different steps. Fascinating. The next scene that we've picked out is Tao and Elle under a tree, under the tree in episode seven when they're in the park together. So Tao and Elle are sitting on a bench in the park with a rainbow umbrella open next to them. Tao has been reflecting and he's realized that Harry picking on him and Charlie is partially his fault. He's been fighting back and making them both a target. Um, I love that we get these little moments that Tao is growing up and he's maturing. For a 15-year-old to be able to take a step back from this highly emotional situation and to reflect on his behavior and to come back and say, actually... I, I think I've made things worse here. It's so huge. Like that seems that seems enormous.
1: I think it's really mature for a fifteen year old, and I think it's like name people need to give him a lot of credit for that because yeah, maybe there's been ways he's acting that's not the way you would want him to act. He's fifteen years old and he's got self awareness. You know, it's this is a mad. really good self-aware calm, like moment for him. I think it's really, really important to note that. I know people my I'm... age in their 40s
0: that don't have that kind of self-awareness. Right, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's sad to say, but I think it's one of the things that I love most is that he goes on this journey from where he gets emotional and he reacts in the moment, but then actually he can reflect on it and say, I didn't do the right thing there, or I could have reacted differently to have a different outcome. I think it's really lovely.
1: He's seeing things from outside himself, you know, that's it's like seeing exactly things outside it. yourself. That's what he's doing. And that's so huge because you're right. People, I don't think that that's a natural ability for anybody to have.
0: I know it's almost like you have to train yourself to do it, you know, don't you? Mm-hmm. You almost have to be aware of it. So that, that you, you it's something that you have to do purposefully. You don't do it by mistake. Yeah. I think a lot of things that we do in life, we do, because it's kind of built into us like breathing and and our heart beating and all that kind of stuff that just happens in a lot of our emotions and a lot of things just happen. But being able to kind of look at a situation after it's happened and reflect on it and and think about your behavior is something that you have to do with purpose. You have to be purposely aware of doing it. It's not something that comes naturally to people. And I think for Tao to do it in this moment as a 15-year-old in such a highly emotional situation where he feels like his whole friendship group is under threat and he's being bullied by the school bully and you know it's it just shows it shows a really a maturity beyond his age I guess.
1: I I agree I agree and it's, it reminds me of like this like I think it's for young people and from I mean not just for young people for people in general a lot of times we have very high expectations for people that we don't realize that we're not actually living up to ourselves you know <laughs> and it's like you watch this kid on tv show and be like but like that's not okay and it's like well, what did you do when you were yeah. 14? What do you do now? Like, do you do you do that? You probably do. You maybe just don't really see it as much in yourself as you would when you're judging other people outside of yourself. So oh, know.
0: it's so funny. It really is so funny. He apologized to Elle for offloading his problems onto her. She replies that it's fine that she did the same last year. And she tells him that Harry just thinks that it's fun to pick on people. He was in her class, and he sometimes said things to her too. Surprise, surprise! He's also a transphobe. Um, Tao tells her, "This is really interesting." Tao tells her that she should have said something, and they could have gone to a teacher. Like, why has he not done that with Harry? Like, why has he not done that with Charlie know. and Harry?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Do you he think it's, it's just the right because... thing to do? Is yeah, it. yeah. That's so funny. I also yeah. Well, it's it's um easier. To offer advice than it is to take your own advice, isn't it?
0: Oh, that's Or if like so to offer, true. he's offering advice
1: to somebody that he they cannot follow through on. Why, like you know, like would he have done that with Elle? Would he have if she had oh, brought it up know. to him? I don't know. Maybe, where... but I, don't I also know.
0: wondered if it was to do with masculinity. Is it because mm-hmm. Elle's female and he thinks that that's unacceptable that Harry would behave like that? So therefore, they should go and report it. It's something that's reportable, whereas. Harry picking on mm. him and Charlie because it's just boys being boys. Is it less reportable or is it less actionable? Like I guess
1: that's yeah. a really interesting point. I didn't think about that. That's actually a really interesting point. Mm-mm. Funny, isn't it? That I, he he uh, as soon as
0: she says it, he's like, We should have gone and talked to a teacher. And it's like, it's the one thing he hasn't done. He's he's he no <laughs> of doing it, you know. What I know, mean?
1: uh, yeah. I think that's a really interesting point. Like looking at like the kind of institutional like difference between like a, addressing issues within like um gender roles and, and uh gender constructs that's really interesting yeah um, or maybe just
0: a comment on masculinity or how he feels himself well, because he's the victim he feels less able to go to talk to a teacher uh, i mean we well, that, that is like
1: that is like gender roles and gender construct though isn't it it's like that institutional oh, yeah, yeah. feeling of, of manliness and toughness do you know oh, like that, yes. that kind of that kind of feeling like that you've been taught that you which is interesting because Elle is like like a trans girl and I wonder whenever she was dealing with the transphobic comments was this pre-social like and like transitioning and was it like, maybe would it have even been harder for him to have managed that before he realized that his friend was a girl? I don't know. I don't know if that's oh, an okay thing to say,
0: but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's an interesting point too. We knew that she did transition at, at Trudem because... There was a comment made by Charlie in episode, in fact, it was Tao. There was a comment made by Tao in in episode one about a teacher that refused to call her by her name. So we know that while she was at Trayvon, she did go by the name Elle, that she had transitioned and was living as Elle. Um, But again, we don't know when, what happened, the the time point of of her comment and Harry and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's interesting to think about how those... How that might change Tao's reaction to the situation. Yeah. Elle tells Tao that she isn't surprised that Nick started a fight with Harry, especially if Harry was picking on Charlie. And Tao finally puts two and two together and asks if there's something actually going on between the pair. Elle tells him that there is, that they're going out, and Tao's Tao's upset because Charlie didn't tell him. He does, like, he, this is a a moment where he kind of regresses a little bit and he acts like a total Mm -hmm. teenager and he gets hung up Mm -hmm. on on being the last one to know. Like, he gets Mm -hmm. so upset that Charlie hasn't told him. And it isn't then about Charlie not telling him. It's about how long it's been since the other people found out and who else has been told. It's such a like a teenager reaction, isn't it?
1: I think I would probably be a very similar reaction if I found out my friends all knew something about a friend and didn't tell me. I think it is a very teenager reaction, but I think it's a very natural reaction. It's a very human reaction. Yeah, I definitely think so, because I I tend to find that I don't like not knowing what's going on in my friends, like in my lives of my friends and things. Like I like to be in the know. I like to be the one that knows everything. Um, So I think it's a very... Maybe not necessarily yeah. like a mature reaction. I think it's a very normal reaction. It's very expected. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I was quick to label it as a teenage reaction. I guess <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been in that position. So I, don't I know. well,
1: I am a little. I'm. I am. I am all of like what five, ten years younger. Like you know, I'm. I'm. I'm it's not been that. It's been quite a long time for me as well. So let's remember that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do feel a bit sorry for Tao because he is the last one to know and him and Charlie are such close friends you would think that by now it it has been some time some time has passed since Nick started to come out to people you would think that by now Charlie would have gone around to telling Tao he must feel deliberately left out you know and that's the hardest thing
1: right and you you have to like wonder like why like is it like one of those things for Charlie as well where it's like the longer you put it off, the harder it is to bang it off. Not because you don't want to tell your friend, but because you're afraid of how your friend's going to react. And then, like, clearly oh he's goodness. right because how is Tao reacting? Do you know? It's like, like in,
0: I've, I'm in this situation in work, right? Where I'm really good friends with a couple of Well, yeah, I'm good friends in passing with a couple of people. Like, anytime we, I see, I see these people, we chat, but I don't know their mm-hmm. names. And it's almost like we're beyond the point where it's still acceptable for me to ask what their names are. And it's like, oh my, oh my gosh, God, this is so why awkward.
1: I just whenever someone tells me their name and like the next time I see them, I just will ask it again. And the next <laughs> time I I if I if I if I ever go a period of time without asking them and then i am like ask them, I'll feel bad, but I never remember someone's names so I'll just continue, yeah. I'll just ask every time I'll ask. But yeah, at one uh, point, at some point, yeah, I just have to be like, if I don't know their name and I've known them this long, if I ask them, they're gonna hate me. So I'm just gonna pretend like 100 uh, percent Yeah. And yep.
0: I, it's been so long now at the start. It was because of COVID. We weren't in the office that often. And now it's like we see each other all the time. We talk all the time. And it's gotten to the point now where I cannot ask what their names are. So I'm going to have to figure out how
1: to. <laughs> you have to ask somebody else. Like be like thinking Like, all right, so please don't tell anybody. What's their names?
0: Oh, like- I've tried. I've tried a couple of people and they don't know their names either. That's the thing. Oh, no. That's so bad. That's so bad. I'm going to have to find out. hilarious. I know. I'll have to try and find out. But yeah That's really it is funny. it's hard i don't know how how did that come into the conversation i don't know
1: um we were talking about charlie putting off telling towel because oh, he didn't yes. want to hurt him I know, it's, yeah it's
0: it's too it's like that frog that keeps growing and growing yeah. like it's it's hard it becomes harder and harder to tell him um we'll stick with this theme in episode seven the next highlight that we picked out, i've labeled as cookies in a movie this is mm-hmm. like one of my favorite parts this is one of my favorite parts of the whole show Um, Tao's lying in his bed or on his bed looking quite annoyed and in the background we hear the doorbell ring and we hear his mum greeting Elle really enthusiastically with a huge amount of warmth and Tao's listening to all this happening downstairs and he jumps up and runs downstairs with a confused look on his face um, causing Elle and his mum to kind of stop chatting to each other quite abruptly. Elle says hello and Tao's mom tells him to make sure he leaves his door open a tad and winks at him. It's like my favorite moment. I'm I so love, I love it. Yeah, I love Tao's love, mom. She's so good.
1: I, oh, I do love that. How like nice. Like how affirming. Like it's like such a mom thing, but how affirming, like how I yeah, I love it. It's so um subtle, I guess. Subtly yeah. affirming, but not really, but it is. Do you know what I mean?
0: I love how it's really very like... subtle in the show. Like they deal with Elle and Tao's mum in passing a couple of times, but she's always so enthusiastic whenever they meet. Um, she's such a champion, you know, she's always yeah. showing an interest and is so positive. I love it. Really good. Yeah. A really nice piece of representation for parents and a really great example of how yeah. parents can react whenever they are introduced to their, their the, the queer friends of their young people you know
1: isn't it isn't it like one of those things as well where it's like it's a really understandable why Tao feels and is and and experiences things the way he does if his mom feels and experiences things like even if you can kind of see it here because the way that you are a lot of it does come from your parents so you can see how Tao has reached the place that he has when it comes to like yeah his friends having or feeling or experiencing things differently Do you know so it is like
0: that it's interesting too that he's formed this friendship group, this community of queer people around him. Do you think they were drawn to him, or do you think he was drawn to them? I don't them? know. I so don't know. Interesting.
1: I it is because I think I said this to you before when we were talking. Like I was not like I lived thirty two year, thirty three years of my life like as a straight woman, and it's like I, I wasn't a straight woman. I just didn't realize what it was, yeah. what it meant, and like I have always had tons and tons of like queer and neurodivergent friends and it's not because I sought them out but it's because I see the world the way I see it Yeah, Do you know and I think there is a bit of that there so I don't know
0: for sure so you spend a large part of your life as the token straight friend
1: yeah I did <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did yeah 100% That's very funny. much like feeling like feeling like I was like not feeling like I was like tokenizing myself really in a lot of ways or like participating in a world that I didn't really belong to and I think that kind of plays into a bit of why maybe for Sal as well he is so like desperate to grasp the reins of the friendship group because it's like maybe he's always felt like he's had to like hold on to it really tightly so that they don't
0: he's a bit like, of an outsider. realize that he's
1: yeah they don't realize he doesn't actually belong with them or something like that or that he's oh. just I don't know because oh, I that definitely have experienced feel so feelings that. yeah yeah I've definitely felt that myself well, I'm not saying people have felt that for me or told me that I am but I've definitely yeah, felt that myself
0: as a bit of an outsider so, with the friendship group oh yes, yeah. that's, that's such an interesting perspective and I would go a long way to put that kind of his emotion his emotional journey here into context because he is scared of he's so scared of losing his friendship group and i bet you that's a large part of it 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 must be it must be um tau scoffs and asks Elle what she's doing there he's not expecting her to visit and she asks if he wants to eat cookies and watch a film she knows him so well I love that Elle's here for Tao. She recognizes how hard an afternoon it was. Like he stormed off and wasn't very nice to her at the end, but she still turns up for him and, Aye, and is there to support such him. Good friends. Yeah, Fuck. just supporting him with some comfortable cookies and they're just gonna hang out. They really are great friends. And Aye. we cut to we cut to Tao's bedroom and he's finishing some homework and Elle asks if he's drawing a potato. This is like one of the funnier moments of the show. It's supposed to be a shoe, he replies. And... <laughs> Um, They talk about it being a mistake that he's, he's taking an art GCSE. He apologizes to Elle for how he acted earlier. Again, a really great moment of reflection. He knows that it isn't her fault that Charlie hasn't told him. He thinks that it's because Charlie's worried that he'll let something slip. And out nick to the rest of his friends. I think that relates back to the have you read the graphic novels? I can't remember if you've no, that. I haven't. No. In the graphic novels, it suggested that Tao was the person that accidentally outed Charlie, which is another reason that he's very uh, protective of him. Um, I didn't that. He was that. overhearing it, like that somebody overheard a conversation that we he was having about Char- Charlie being queer, and that's how it was kind of got out into the Into the school, which would go some way to explain why he's protective of Charlie, and also, I guess, why Charlie maybe doesn't want to tell Tao about him and Nick. Is he worried about that potentially happening again?
1: Hmm. I wonder why they didn't include that in the show.
0: Well, they didn't. They didn't go back to the previous term in the show, so they didn't include Charlie being outed at all. It was just, I think you mentioned it. I think it's actually Tao that mentions that Charlie was outed. Does it, At is some it? Point, oh. Yeah, I think it is. I'm trying to remember. I think. It's okay, heavy... I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if
1: that's why, though, if that's a big part of it, because I wouldn't have ever even like that wouldn't have even played into my mind, like because that's his best friend and you'd think he would trust. But also, if Tal is the kind of person to like lash out and say things, then you can understand maybe even that part of it of like would he say or do something just to hurt. Just because he's hurt or just because he's protecting me or if something happens just to hurt Nick or just to hurt Nick's friends or whatever yeah. the case may be. I think we did mm. see that after
0: Tao's fight with Harry at the end yeah. of, at the end of episode, episode seven, wasn't it? seven, yeah.
1: No, was it wasn't the one before episode, the calling out Harry?
0: No, I think the fight, the actual physical fight with Harry was at the oh, end of episode right. seven. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he's blaming like in that moment he blames charlie for everything that's happened and he's very like he's very very upset and he does one of the things that he shouts out is why didn't you tell me about you and nick you know it's one of the things that causes this hyper so potentially that could have been overheard by other people and yeah so maybe i don't know um I- he goes on to say sh- he goes on to say that Charlie obviously cares about Nick's feelings more than his, and that what happened, and that that's what happens when people get into relationships. Their friends don't matter anymore. Oh, it's so painful. How he's hurting. He's hurting again. I want to say that that's such a teenage response, you know, to automatically assume that just because he cares for Nick, it, it means that he he no longer cares for Tao, which isn't the case. Whenever you get into relationships, I... you know. Elle jokes that maybe it's because he's worried that Tal will force Nick to watch Donnie Darko like he did with them. I love Elle's use of humor here to kind of diffuse some of the tension and some of the Yeah, emotion. it's so
1: good, isn't it? She knows how to, like, use that to actually, like, make it better. Like, she's not just dismissing him. She's, like, trying to, like, be there for him in a way that's, like, going to get him out of his headspace, which is really love. I think it's really great. Yeah, I agree.
0: It is. It shows great emotional depth of Tao here that yeah. he's able to open up to Elle about this kind of stuff too, you know, it, it really does for a 15 year old, you know, mm. it's a real moment of vulnerability for him. Um, showing that he has, again, some really great self-awareness. Um, He opens up to Elle about not knowing why he's so scared of being alone. And she tells him that it's how she felt whenever she started uh, her new school she was scared but that everything turned out okay once she started to put herself out there again you know it's oh it's such a heart-wrenching moment I know he recognizes that he's scared of being alone
1: I think seeing him hear that from her and that's how she also felt you wonder if that helps him a bit like understand that he's not the only person who experiences like uncertainty in friendships and uncertainty and fear and like not every like like he other people also feel alone also other people also are scared of losing their friends other people also do have change and like his friend L went to a different school but Elle went to a different school and it was hard for her too and he's been like talking yeah. about or thinking about how hard it was to lose his friend but also how hard was it for his friend to lose her friends really and to lose her like life as she had it so
0: so it's nice to true. see him
1: getting to see it from someone else's
0: perspective. It's such a good point because what a courageous thing for Elle to do—to leave a community behind and to go and start afresh in a new school must have taken a lot of courage. Yeah. Even though she's still friends with them outside of school, you still lose that support, that kind of everyday contact and support that you get with your friends whenever you're in school with them.
1: Mm-hmm. I definitely do.
0: Should we talk about our next moment? Should we end on yeah. a high? Yeah. The next moment that we've picked out is at the end of episode eight with Elle and Tao in the art room on sports day, which is definitely a highlight for me for Tao's story arc. I think this is this is a really lovely moment. Elle and Tao are running through the halls of Trium before arriving in Mr. Ashe's art room, which turns out to be like this little queer nexus of, of or this little nexus of queer joy. Like it's yes, great.
1: I know, I know. They always end um, up in the art room. I feel like I don't want to say like they've not chosen like something a little bit less like obviously gay. Like, what about like (laughs) could it not be like the history room or like the science room, but of course it's the art room? But I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) But there's
0: so love, there's so many lovely touches in this scene because it's no, I know.
1: I know, I'm just teasing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the fact that Elle's art is still on the wall, like the landscape that she's that she painted in the previous term is still up there. Tao tells her that his landscape is really bad, and she takes it off the drying rack, and it really is terrible. Like I, I swear <laughs> to God, my nine-year-old could could do a better job. And um, but it's so cute. It's like the friendship group sitting underneath the tree, and Elle is taking her glasses off, and they're all relaxed. It's just such a lovely Aww. picture of like what well, he's he's so scared of losing this
1: little community. I and know. That's why he's painted. It's a really nice, like kind of like um. Like what is it whenever it's like something that happens, it's like this is a good representation like it's like thematic. I don't know, it's like a really good thematic moment. I think it's like here's everything about these people, and here's this scene that shows you all of its meaning.
0: Definitely, you know, definitely. And I love that they're sitting under a tree too. Like trees pop up at really important moments in Heartstopper, like they always take place around trees. I've mentioned it in a few episodes, like Charlie sits in the branches of a tree in the art room that's painted on the floor. Ellen and Tao's previous moment, they were sitting under trees. When Nick tells Imogen um, at the end of episode five, where he tells her that they're not meant to be together, that happens under trees, like all these great moments happen in and around trees, which represent knowledge and wisdom and mm-hmm. growth and everything else. And um, I love it. Really good. Tao lies back on the desk, and Elle does the same. She asks if it's awful being at Trim without her, and he tells her that everything is awful without her, but now he's okay, he's feeling better, and he's okay now. Um, I just love this moment so much, it's so sweet. <laughs>
1: oh, like the heart, the heart, the warmth, oh, it's so adorable. Oh,
0: yeah, it really is. Um, on the desk behind them, there are little paper lovebirds that are blue and yellow, it's really cute. Um they sit up and Elle takes Tao's hand. She's about to say something. She's about to, to to tell her how to tell him how she feels. Um, and the heartstopper leaves drift across the screen, but she loses her nerve and tells him that he has the wrong team's face paint on, and she starts to clean it off. And um, this scene mirrors the scene with Nick and Charlie in the medical bay after the rugby match. Um, It's almost an exact mirror of the the two. And in a way, they're juxtaposing the two relationships. So Charlie falling for his straight friend and um, Tao here falling for his trans friend. Um, She tries to wipe it off, but smears it instead. And the two lock eyes for a tense moment. And it seems like they're almost about to kiss when Elle breaks the silence. And she says that she wants to find her old locker room. And as she gets up and walks towards the, the door, the camera lingers on Tao for a few minutes. And it's like we're watching him finally understand that he feels something else for Elle. Mm-hmm. It's such a lovely moment.
1: I'm so interested to see what happens next. I'm so interested to see how he responds to that and like how he like like what happens. I'm so because I don't know the story, and I know that, that part of that story is out in the graphic novels, but I don't know it. Yeah. Um, and it's just like what an interesting love story to think and look about and look at because how often do you see stories about like people falling in love with their best friend who has transitioned never never ever ever do you see that and how I'd be so curious to know like do young people experience like have there been young people that I know of that have experienced that and like how hard was it for them because people don't know what it's like or don't have there's no representation there's no expression of it on the tv yeah. or in the media or in their friend groups and it's just like what a valuable like story to see especially for tao and for him as like the quote-unquote token straight friend well like that's not a straight relationship because if you're in a relationship with somebody who's not straight i don't know if you can call that a straight relationship do you know and so i just find it so interesting I think it's so so interesting it is it's
0: it's it's a really I love how it's a cisgender straight young man who's falling for a transgender female who and it's just it's just about them crushing on each other it isn't about anything else you know they haven't they haven't they haven't taken the easy way out by building a load of drama around this blossoming relationship. It's just so pure and sweet. Yeah. And we see as we follow them outside back into sports day where they're still being really affectionate with each other and everything else that it's just, I just think it's going to be a really lovely romance to watch. And I can't wait. I think it's going to be agree. incredible. I think it's I really agree. important. As you said, it's a really valuable piece of media that we get to see these um, this relationship takes be it, take place um, and grew and change, so that we can understand what that's like and we can talk about what that must be like and for trans people and straight people and people of all kinds to see that relationship on screen and to think that's about it so
1: just
0: to think about it and to think yeah does that make sense to think about it yeah it totally
1: makes sense it totally makes sense I think we a lot of times when it comes to like queer relationships and TV and media and stuff, it's like, we see like a lesbian and a lesbian or like a guy and a guy, or you see like somebody who is like non-binary, but you don't often see, like you don't see something where it's like the queerness of it is a bit different. It's a bit different. And it's just, it's, I think it's so important. I, I think it's a really, really important relationship to see on TV. And I think, especially with Tal and his story, I don't know. I'm just, I'll be really interested. I, I kind, of, kind of makes me want to read the novel, but I don't really feel like reading. So.
0: <laughs> well, it's a graphic novel. There, there, there's uh, many. That's there true. Many not words. a lot of words.
1: That's fair enough. Like maybe, maybe <laughs> they're, quick.
0: they're quick. Get them for the plane for your trip home. You can read them on the plane. Oh, that's a good
1: idea. There you
0: go. Yeah. And I love that it's not, I just, I just love that it's, it's just a romance and it happens to be between L, yeah. that's all that it is it's not yeah. it isn't it's
1: not like it's not like a big here's this big long dramatic thing about like a, like what yeah. yeah it's not that and that's i know that there's a lot of drama in the tv show itself but i think it's not like i don't know it's just so much better i don't know it's just it's just so much better than the typical like gay love story yeah, yeah, a lot of the
0: drama that we get is drama associated with being a teenager. It's not drama associated with being queer. It's like exactly being bullied at school is something that happens to all to a lot of young people. It doesn't just happen to queer young people. It happens to straight young people too. Falling for your best friend doesn't happen just to queer young people it happens to all young people like these are just stories about what it's like to be a teenager and the characters happen to be queer
1: it's like yeah it's like it's not about the trauma of being gay it's about the experience of being a teenager through the lens of being gay exactly
0: exactly (laughs) yeah and that's why it's so lovely and so important and yeah it's great what's your favorite Tao moment in the story arc what's your favorite Tao thing now that we've talked about them all
1: Um, of all of the ones, I would say my favorite. Um, of all the ones that we've seen that we talked about, especially today, I think my favorite one is probably the one where he realizes that um Charlie and Nick are together or that there's a thing, and then and then feels. I think partly because I feel like his reaction, his experience there for me, I would say I'm I'm quite an emotional. Like I struggle with my emotions. Like I'm I'm ADHD, I'm autistic, I'm queer, all these things, and I've always really struggled. And just watching him after having had like quite an emotionally mature moment respond in a way that you're like, Oh, come on now. (laughs) I feel like it's, it's very, it's very relatable I think for me. Um, But I just, I think I really like seeing his moments of kind of like the bits of growth followed by the bits of like, being a bit immature. I I I really like that. I think it's really relatable personally. So it's
0: exactly how life is, you know exactly. I'm always reminded of the moment like whenever him and Nick are bonding like over lunch. This is I think it happens in episode seven, two, maybe the start of episode eight, where they're both looking for Charlie and they both thought Charlie was with the other one. And they're like, well, where is Charlie? And they give each other some advice. And Nick tells Tao that he should go and have a conversation with Charlie. And Tao's like, no, I want to stay pissed off for a bit longer. You know, it's like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get it, mate. Go on. Totally. <laughs> That's it's so relatable. Right. It's
0: like, actually, I'm not ready yet. I just want to be pissed yeah. off for a while.
1: What about you then? What was your, what was your favorite of all the moments? Oh, I know you said earlier, but from the ones Tao. we talked about. Yeah.
0: I really love I really it's it's not really it's more of a Tao mum moment. I just love oh, Tao's mum uh, so yeah. much. I love Tao's mum so much. She's such a good ally. She's such a champion for Elle. And I love that representation where We see that sometimes the allies that we find are in really surprising places, you know, and they're not really the people that you would expect. Um, And I just think it's lovely. It's really, really nice and pure and joy filled. And for Tao, I think it's, um, I love how quick he is and how funny he is. I think humour is a great way of diffusing, of, of standing up against homophobia whenever you can turn it into a joke and make light of it and I know that with Tao he strikes a nerve a few times and it doesn't end Mm -hmm. well but there I think the use of humor can be a good defense against homophobia and I think that he he shows us great strength in how he how resilient he is I don't know if that makes sense. Actually, I don't know. It
1: definitely, it definitely makes sense. I think it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: are you looking I... forward to in season two?
1: Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the story between um Ellen and Tal, Like I was saying, just like getting to watch that relationship grow from just like friends to crushes to something more, hopefully. Yeah. And then I think as well, just seeing what happens when Nick and Charlie's relationship isn't secret isn't hidden and like the reactions of of what happens like for both of them not just with the school group but also like with their friends you know and like with Definitely. Charlie's friends especially I think it's going to be really interesting to oh. see that happen as well so
0: are, are Tao and Nick going to be besties all of a sudden like or, right, or will like, they always be a bit icy and there will there always be, be a interesting. Bit tension yeah it's going to be interesting I yeah thanks so much for coming on and being a guest again yeah, yeah thanks for having
1: me again Jamie I really enjoyed it thanks for having me oh, I I'm, I'm I'm really pleased. enjoyed the conversation yeah
0: absolutely good good so I guess we should say
1: bye to the listeners. Uh Yes, thanks for listening. And again, yes, I, I appreciate you having me on today, Jamie. So <laughs> thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We're very humbled. Uh, I
0: do say we're yes, very humbled by, by people tuning in to hearing what we have to say. We hope you enjoyed the show. Should we say goodbye? Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. This episode was produced by Shut Up and Listen in partnership with Cara Friend. You can follow us on social media at Proper Full On Gay Podcast. Learn more about the show and our partners at properfullongaypodcast.com dot com, and discover our other hit shows at Shut up.world